Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are listening to The Therapy Podcast with your host, Shloimi Balsam. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Therapy Podcast. We're up to our 31st episode, which is absolutely mind-blowing. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. I was seeing a client the other day who expressed his desperate need for others' attention. He says like most of the things that he does in his day is a direct response to the peer pressures that he feels. I'm sure some of what he thought people were thinking and saying behind his back was accurate. But uh, David Burns, right, the author of Feeling Good, the, the Team CBT, he had a client who was suffering from others' thoughts. And he said, look, John, I'm going to think two thoughts about you. The first thing I'm going to think about you is positive. The second thing, oh, I'm not going to tell you which one. One thing is going to be positive. One thing is going to be negative, like really good and really bad. Okay, you ready? Ready. Okay. Now, David closes his eyes and he thinks... John is the most wonderful person I've ever met in my life. I just, he's just a really good person. Good. Number two, he is a louse. He's just a, he's fallen apart. He is a awful, awful, awful human, a disgrace to the human species. And then he opens his eyes and says, okay, John, how did those thoughts fail? He says, what do you mean? He says, when I thought something good, how did that affect you? It didn't. Right. And what about the negative thought? How did that how did that affect you? He says it didn't. He says that's exactly right. Our negative thoughts <laughs> do not affect anyone but ourselves. And what other people think about us plays no part in our life. What does play a role in our life is what we think people are thinking. There is a very extreme version of this social pressure, of this attention seeking, this excessive emotionality. This is called histrionic personality disorder or HPD. The American Psychiatric Association defines it as a personality disorder which is characterized by a pattern of excessive attention-seeking behaviors, usually beginning in early childhood, including inappropriate seduction and an excessive desire for approval. People diagnosed with this disorder have, they're described to be lively, dramatic, vivacious, enthusiastic, extroverted, and flirtatious. HPD lies in the dramatic cluster of personality disorders. People with HPD have a high desire for attention. They make loud and inappropriate appearances. They exaggerate their behaviors and emotions, and they crave stimulation. They may be, they, it could be they exhibit sexually provocative behaviors, express strong emotion with an impressionistic style. It can be easily influenced by others. Associated features include egocentricism, self-indulgence, continuous longing for appreciation, persistent manipulative behavior in order to achieve what their own wants call for. The signs and symptoms are they're audacious. People with HPD are usually 
high-functioning, both socially and professionally. They usually have good social skills, despite tending to use them to manipulate others into making them the central, the center of attention. HPD may also affect a person's social and romantic relationships, as well as their ability to cope with losses or failures. Sometimes they'll seek treatment for clinical depression when romantic or other close personal relationships end. Individuals with HPD often fail to see their own personal situation realistically, instead dramatizing and exaggerating their difficulties. They could go through frequent job changes that they become easily bored and they prefer withdrawing from frustration instead of facing it. Because they tend to crave novelty and excitement, they may place themselves in risky situations. All of these factors can lead to a great risk of developing clinical depression. There are other characteristics. For example, uh, exhibitionist behavior, constant seeking for reassurance or approval, excessive sensitivity to criticism or disapproval. There's also pride of one's own personality and unwillingness to change, viewing any change as a threat, inappropriately seductive appearance or behavior of sexual nature, using factitious somatic symptoms or physical illness or psychological disorders to garner attention. They're craving attention. Low tolerance for frustration or delayed gratification. Rapidly shifting emotional states that may appear superficial or exaggerated to others. Tendency to believe that relationships are more intimate than they actually are. They tend to make rash decisions. Blaming personal failures or disappointments on others. They can be easily influenced by others, especially those who treat them approvingly being overly dramatic and emotional or influenced by the suggestions of others. Some people with histrionic traits or personality disorder change their seduction techniques into a more maternal or paternal style as they age. There is a mnemonic to remember the characteristic of histrionic person personality disorder, and it's shortened as praise me. B-R-A-I-S-E-M-E. P is provocative or seductive behavior. The R is uh, relationships considered more intimate than they actually are. A is attention-seeking. I, influenced easily by others or circumstances. The S is speech or the style that he wants to impress. It lacks detail. The E is emotional lability or shallowness. The M is makeup. A physical appearance is used to draw attention to themselves. The E is exaggerated emotions and theatricals. What causes histrionic personality disorder? Well, there's little research that has been done to find evidence of what causes HPD. Although direct causes are inconclusive, there are various theories and studies suggest multiple possible causes of neurochemical, genetic, psychoanalytical, or environmental nature. Traits such as extravagance, vanity, and seductiveness of hysteria have similar qualities to women diagnosed with HPD. HPD symptoms typically do not fully develop until the age of 15, while the onset of treatment only occurs on average at approximately 14 years of age. From the neurochemical, the physiological spectrum, studies have shown that there is a strong correlation between the function of neurotransmitters and the cluster B personality disorders, such as HPD. Individuals diagnosed with HPD have highly responsive noradrenaline and, uh, it's hard to read. <laughs> Individuals diagnosed with HPD have highly responsive noradrenergic systems, which is responsible for the synthesis, storage, and release of neurotransmitter norepinephrine. 
high levels of norepinephrine leads to anxiety proneness, dependency, and high sociability. Genetically speaking, twin studies have aided in breaking down the genetic versus environmental debate. A twin study conducted by the Department of Psychology at Oslo University attempted to establish a correlation between genetic and cluster B personality disorders. Uh, they had a test sample of 221 twins, 92 monozygotic and 129 dizygotic. Researchers interviewed the subjects using the structured clinical interview for DSM. Three are personality disorders, and they concluded that there was a correlation of 0.67 that histrionic personality disorder is hereditary. Psychoanically speaking, um, those there is criticism that it's not supported by scientific evidence, but psycho psychoanalytic theories incriminate authority authoritarian or distant attitudes by one, usually the mother, mother or both parents, along with conditional love based on expectations a child can never fully meet. Usually, uh, using psychoanalysis, Freud believed that lustfulness was a projection of the patient's lack of ability to love unconditionally and develop cognitively to maturity, and that such pa patients were overall emotionally shallow. He believed that the reason for being unable to love could have resulted from a traumatic experience, such as uh, the, the death of a close relative during childhood or a divorce of one's parents, which gave the wrong impression of committed relationships. Exposure to one or multiple traumatic occurrences of a close friend or family members leaving, so uh, if they abandon or turns out they were mortal, that would make a person unable to form true and affectionate attachments towards other people. There is another theory that suggests a possible relationship between histrionic personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. Researchers found that two out of three patients diagnosed with HPD also meet criteria which is very similar to that of antisocial personality disorder. So that suggests that both disorders based towards sex type expressions may have the same underlying cause. Women are hypersexualized in the media consistently, ingraining thoughts that the only way women are to get attention is by exploiting themselves, and when seductiveness isn't enough, theatrics are the next step in achieving attention. Men can just as well be flirtatious towards multiple women or men yet feel no empathy or sense of compassion towards them. They may also become the center of attention by exhibiting the macho figure. Some family history studies have found that histrionic personality disorder as well as borderline and antisocial personality disorder tend to run in families, but it's unclear as to how much is due to genetic versus environmental factors. Both examples suggest that predisposition could be a factor as to why certain people are diagnosed with histrionic personality disorder. However, little is known about whether or not the disorder is influenced by any biological compound or is genetically inheritable. Little research has been conducted to determine the biological sources, if any, of HPD. Now, how would we diagnose someone with HPD? So, the person's appearance, behavior, and history, along with psychological evaluation, are usually enough to establish a, a diagnosis. There's no test to confirm this diagnosis because the criteria are subjective. Some people may be wrongly diagnosed. In the DSM-5, they define uh, histrionic personality disorder in cluster B as a pervasive pattern of excessive emotionality and attention-seeking beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts, as indicated by five or more of the following. And here's the list. If you get five or more of these, 
Congrats, you have HPD. Is uncomfortable in situations in which he or she is not the center of attention. Interaction with others is often characterized by inappropriate, sexually seductive, or provocative behavior. Displays rapidly shifting and shallow expression of emotions. Consistently uses physical appearance to draw attention to self. Has a style of speech that's excessively impressionistic and lacking in detail. Shows self-dramatization, theatrically and exaggerated expression of emotion. Is suggested, i.e. easily influenced by others or circumstances. And finally, considers relationships to be more intimate than they actually are. The DSM-5 requires that a diagnosis for any specific personality disorder also satisfy a set of general personality disorder criteria. In the ICD-10, that's the World Health Organization's list for histrionic personality disorder, they characterize it by a shallow and labile affecti- uh, affectivity, uh, self-dramatization, theatric, theatric Theatricality, exaggerated expression of emotions, suggestibility, egocentricity, self-indulgence, lack of consideration of others, easily hurt feelings, and continuous seeking for appreciation, excitement, and attention. In the ICD-10, they require that a diagnosis of any specific personality disorder also satisfies a set of general personality disorder criteria. HPD has its comorbidities, its cousin diagnoses. There's a number of mental disorders, including antisocial, dependent, borderline, narcissistic personality disorder, as well as depression, anxiety disorders, panic disorders, somatoform disorders, anorexia nervosa, substance use disorders, uh, attachment disorders, reactive attachment disorders. So at the end of the day, how would we treat someone with histrionic personality disorder? Treatment is often prompted by depression associated with dissolved romantic relationships. That's usually where it comes to the fore. Medication does little to affect the personality disorder, but it may be helpful with symptoms like depression. Treatment for HPD itself involves psychotherapy, including cognitive therapy. In general, clinical practice with assessment of personality disorders, one form of interview is the most popular. It's an unstructured interview. The... The actual preferred method is semi-structured interview, but there's a, a reluctance to use this type of interview because they, s- they can seem impractical or superficial. The reason that a semi-structured interview is preferred over an unstructured interview is that the semi-structured interview tend to be more objective, systematic, replicable, and comprehensive. But unstructured interviews, despite their popularity, tend to have problems with unreliability and they're, suspect- they're susceptible to errors susceptible to errors, leading to fault and assumptions of the client. One of the single most successful methods for assessing personality disorders by researchers or uh, uh, researchers who are researching normal personality function, it's the self-report inventory. And you follow that up with a semi-structured interview. There are some disadvantages with the self-report inventory method that with histrionic, histrionic personality disorder, there is a distortion in character, self-presentation, and self-image. So this cannot be assessed simply by asking most clients if they match the criteria for the disorder. Most projective testing depend less on the ability or willingness of the person to provide an accurate description of the self. But there is currently limited empirical evidence on projective testing to assess histrionic personality disorder. So we want to ask the client 
how they assess themselves, but intrinsically with HPD, there is significant distortion in the way they perceive themselves. There is functional analytic psychotherapy. It's another way to treat histrionic personality disorder. Uh, the job of functional analytic psychothera- of a functional analytic psychotherapist is to identify the interpersonal problems with the patient as they happen in session or out of session. Uh, the initial goals of functional anal- analytical psychotherapy are set by the therapist and they include behaviors that fit the client's need for improvement. Functional analytic psychotherapy differs from the traditional psychotherapy due to the fact that the therapist directly addresses the patterns of behavior as they occur in session. The in-session behaviors of the patient or client are considered to be examples of the patterns of poor interpersonal communication and to adjust their neurotic defenses. To do this, the therapist has to act on the client's behaviors as it happens in real time and give feedback on how the client's behavior is affecting their relationship during therapy. Point out, what you just did right now offended me. It was beyond the social norms. That was inappropriate for this and this reason. The therapist also helps the client with histrionic personality disorder by denoting behaviors that happen outside of treatment. These behaviors are termed outside problems and outside improvements. A little more positive. This allows the therapist to assist in problems and improvement outside of session and to verbally support the client and condition optimal behaviors of optimal patterns of behavior. This then can reflect on how they are advancing in session and outside of session by generalizing their behaviors over time for changes or improvement. There are scripts that therapists can use with their client. Um, like the client can evoke the clinical the clinically relevant behavior. You could say, you know, tell me how you feel coming in here today. And I'll say, well, to be honest, I was nervous. Sometimes I get worried about how things will go, but I'm, I'm really glad that I'm here. So that could bring out the client's concerns and worries. Now, if the client were to say something like, uh, whatever, you always talk like that. I don't, I don't even know why I'm talking so much. So here the therapist can say, well, now you seem to be withdrawing from me. That, so that makes it hard for me to give you what you might need from me right now. What do you think you want from me as we're talking right now? And hopefully the client will respond with a more positive, forthcoming style. And the therapist can say, that's great. I'm glad you're here and I look forward to talking to you. So there are scripts that try to bring out the histrionic personality of the client and that allows the counselor to tackle those issues, those thoughts, those cognitions in real time. There are a number of templates like this. HPD is somewhat common. There's a survey survey in 2001 that suggested that about 1.84% of the population has HPD. And much like the other diagnoses that we've discussed here, this is a mental disorder which can absolutely take over someone's life and sap any joy that they have living in the constant peril of disapproval. But there are many ways of dealing with it and addressing the concerns, the cognitive distortion, and using medication to damper the depression aspects, elements, and psychotherapy to refocus and realign with positive emotion, positive thoughts, positive cognitions, positive self-understanding. There's a lot that can be done with those suffering from histrionic personality disorder. I hope you learned something from this episode. I know I definitely did. Thank you so much for learning with me. 
As always, feel free to shoot me an email at askmetherapy at gmail.com. I love hearing from you guys. And have a wonderful day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.